Hi, my name's Sean Shaler. That guy down there is my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. And this week we're talking about Book One Spirits, Chapter 15, and it's Civil Not War book one. Part... Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I forgot to change it again. Um, man, book do you... two. You know, I need to go back and check my descriptions because I mentioned the the title of the episode and stuff and all the descriptions. I wonder how many times I mess those up and I just never even see it. Book two, Spirits. <laughs> you know what? Hopefully nobody pays too close attention to my, my shoddy PowerPoint work here or uh, at my place of work also. That applies. <laughs> this is Legend of Korra, book two, Spirits, chapter 15. It's Civil War, part one. It is a two-part episode, but they're... They're pretty full, so we just decided we're going to split the episode down the middle. We'll talk about I guess part one here. this would be chapter three. Chapter three of the book. book. Yeah. Episode 15, of course. Episode 15. You know what? That's true. If you yeah. started a new book, you'd start new chapters. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to scrap it. Throw it away. F it. We'll do it live. The <laughs> So we're going to split this one in two. We're still going to combine our ratings, and we'll do those at the end of next week's episodes. We're going to try the cliffhanger approach this week. Uh, also, because I'm an old man and I get tired uh, really fast, and we record these back-to-back. So um, we will do the ratings for the cumulative episode at the end of next week. But before we get to any of that stuff, as always, Chris, how are you doing this week? I am doing great. My basement is pretty much done. My man cave, i got these new lights here which is a uh, very bright. I'm, I'm just, uh, I feel like I just look around and I'm like, man, I, I've, I've made it. Like I, I mean, I made it last time also in my last house. is not that much different. I don't know. I just really love how I have this all set up. Um, and I was, I was thinking about something the other day, like all, how much Batman, the animated series has influenced my life. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking about this. Like almost to the point of like tearing up, like, <laughs> Batman the Animated Series, I completely changed, like, this Batman changed my life. Like, I wouldn't be into superheroes or into cartoons and if it wasn't for that show. Like, what, what, what would my basement look like if I didn't watch Batman the Animated Series as, as a kid? I mean, that's got to be, like, 80% of everything I see behind you would, would have been stuff <laughs> that directly stemmed from that joy, right? Like, I don't see anything related to basketball or... Uh... No. <laughs> Oh, here's a question: If you hadn't, uh, <laughs> if you hadn't enjoyed Batman the Animated Series so much, uh, what, uh, how much would you have liked Static Shock? Do you think would that have still touched uh, uh, touched a spot later, or no? Because I probably wouldn't be addicted to Batman the Animated Series. Started the love of Saturday morning cartoons, and mm-hmm. and and so that just kept going pretty much until I was 15, maybe 16. I'm only 15. Yeah, maybe like 15, 14. Um, so then, yeah, so then I went to watch Saturday morning cartoons, which that's where Static Shock premiered. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, if it wasn't for Batman, I would not be into comic books and superheroes. I wonder what that Chris would look like. I don't know. Hmm. He probably wouldn't be as weird. We need, <laughs> um, <laughs> would... we need like a ghost of Christmas past, a Christmas Carol <laughs> episode where we dive into Chris without Batman. What would I, I mean? I... Batman was a lot of my life in that early 
time. And the thing is, I, I still love basketball. Like, it's not like, oh, if I didn't love Batman, I would be into basketball more. I was in, into basketball a good amount throughout my whole life. I don't think I could be any more into it. <laughs> Batman wasn't the thing keeping me from playing basketball. It was my skill <laughs> and my height. <laughs> I, uh, You know what's weird is when I think back to Saturday morning cartoons in the lineup, I think the first one that I watched religiously was Recess. And while there's nothing against Recess... That didn't like translate into anything <laughs> long term for me. Yeah. Uh, but I think after school, the after school lineup probably caught me more than anything. And that would have included uh, Batman the Animated mm. Series and Tiny Maybe... Toons. Yeah. Uh, Maybe me, I would be into purely just like anime, maybe. Because I probably still, I mean, maybe I still would have watched cartoons. But I mean, that love of cartoons came from. From Batman, I'm 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 sure. I mean, something oh, really, could have grabbed back, you, yeah. but would it have yeah. had the same kind of impact? I mean, I was a kid. Something would have yeah. grabbed me. Dragon Ball Z probably still would have grabbed me, I it's, think. Uh, you know what's weird? The time slot for Dragon Ball Z, whatever that was, didn't work out for me. I almost didn't watch that till mm-hmm. late, till much later. I only came, like, yeah, came home just in time to watch Dragon Ball Z on that Toonami block. You know, it's a different feel, but I will at least say it's not near to the extent, and I'm not trying to, like, water down your relationship with Batman, but I will say that Tiny Toons and Animaniacs have directly influenced the only type of entertainment that I regularly appreciate, <laughs> which is ensemble uh, meta-comedy, I guess is what I would call it. Um, <laughs> and those were the two after-school ones that I hit all the time. I think it went Batman, Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, if I'm not mistaken, but... Good times. Do you remember UPN? Did you ever have UPN? Of course, I had UPN. What was, was was that connected to? I mean, WB, right? It was, it was, it was black TV show. <laughs> Pretty much was UPN. I always think of um, UPN for wrestling, but I don't. I don't remember if what else I might have watched on there. I always think of wrestling and the occasional KU basketball game. Yeah, so UPN did have wrestling on. They Thursday had... nights, I think. Yes, that Thursday night. Well, I forgot what was the name of it, but it was WCW. Um, the WWF was a, a little bit more high end. They were on USA Network, mm-hmm. which I think is still around. I um, think it is in some capacity. I don't know. Is yeah. cable still a thing? Do you still have cable? Uh, I, I do. I could get rid of it. If I, uh, though I like basketball, and my cable bill isn't that much. <laughs> but, um, I wonder. Uh, what are the well, UPN just had like there are for UPN just had like pretty much a bunch of black TV shows and Smallville. No, Smallville was on WB. Sorry, WB and UPN combined to make. I thought there was WB? a relationship there was between those two. They combined. They did combine. I forgot what show was on UPN that carried over to Hero WB. Uh, Heroes. No, Heroes on NBC. Thought I was on to something. Yeah. Smallville might have been on. You, I don't think Smallville was on. I think Smallville was straight, straight up WB, but yeah. um, my memory for those things isn't always good. So I'm trying. I got to count my channels here. I had NBC, uh, PBS, I think, ABC, I CBS, Fox, WB, UPN. So I had seven channels total. So all the channels you need? It was all the channels I need, and for where we lived, seven channels was probably more than we could have reasonably. I mean, we lived 
60 miles from the nearest tower, you know, so seven channels is very reasonable. But uh, good times. Um, Speaking of videos and TV and such, do you do you have any videos coming up? I know you just put one up recently. Got any other ones baking? Uh, I don't think I put up anything recently. Um, Did you put up one two weeks ago? <laughs> nah, I told you I would. Or I told you I would be working on it. There should be out in February. Gotcha. Which I'm still shooting for that. It's currently in the writing stages. Okay. It's uh, about Azula and Zuko and uh, their relationship. It's not that deep, though. It's a pretty... Yeah, it's not that deep of a... Their relationship uh, or the video? <laughs> the well, both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry. I know where this is going to end. Um, well, I actually have. Uh, so I've been making videos, but not really regularly for a third for some other website, some other gaming website. And so I put one up in December, and people really liked it, and it, it was you know it was good. And then they like like changed their entire streaming schedule. So then, even though I had made like three videos for them, and it's been <laughs> three weeks because I was really excited. My second one just now is getting posted uh, tomorrow, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, it's about a really weird old NES game. And then uh, another one will come out. that I, I, I'm saying this like I'm doing all this hard work, but I did it in like late December, early January. But another one will come out in like two weeks after that. So got a few things going up I'm very excited about. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, shame. Shame on you. So keep your... <laughs> I don't know why I said that. So I meant to have more inflection, more sarcasm inflection in there. Um, yes, keep your eyes peeled on our channels. And, well, you know, mine's not even on my channel, but that's fine. I share it to my channel in the same way I share this podcast to my channel as well. So keep an eye out for that. Chris, any other news you want to share before we jump into the episode? Um, I pre-ordered the Zuko statue we talked about, which that doesn't come out to like September thing or august august doesn't come out until august which means i gotta do more rearranging you know Is just when you get done yeah that's that actually looks pretty good i think um i think it looks a lot better than the ang or the guitar statue that's coming out <laughs> thing is i think to myself like you know what i'm good on statues and stuff i, I finally organized my stuff but then i have like four statues on the way <laughs> that's been either pre-ordered or or bought but. It, that's what makes it a problem and that's what makes it fun yeah I have a, a storm from Edsman statue uh, Zuko which, uh, which uh, X-Men iteration like comic or uh, uh, comic. cartoon comic yeah comic so not Halle Berry because I'm a big fan uh, uh, not, not, not Halle Berry okay. well that's fine um, and then uh, Katara Aang and Zuko statue which I wish I would have bought the Ang statue when I was in Adventure Stock in Kansas City, whatever, weeks ago, a month ago, whatever it was. I was like, you know, I don't need that statue because I already have an Ang statue. But I feel like they're going to come out with more statues. And the collector in me was like, well, you can't have two out of three statues. And they'll probably no, make a that would kill one. me. And uh, Sokka one. So you got to get that one. So I had to spend like $10 more than I would have spent otherwise. If there's a clear line that I can draw to cut off like a sub-series of something, I can talk myself out of it. Like, listen, I don't have the whole set, but I got this specific group that my brain that I'm able to like say that I did that on purpose. But if I'm just one or two short out of 10, 
or whatever. You know, I, I can't, I can't yeah. let it go. My brain uh, will be upset every time I look at it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, my daughter, she's been really into Dragon Ball Z, and she really likes when I buy like new pops and stuff. Yeah. She's like, "Daddy, buy some Dragon Ball pops, Dragon Ball Super pops." I'm like, "Nah, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to," because then I'll have to get, I have to That's get Goku. Big... And she give a then, the then Piccolo. Then at that point, I might as well get all the Z fighters, which is like three more people. And I don't even like three of those people. And then, and then I had to get all these other things. And then at that point, I'm just like, no, I'm good. I have, I have two good statues of Goku and Gohan. And that's what that's all I need for my Dragon Ball Z uh, to to satisfy that need. Her innocent little brain doesn't doesn't understand. Uh... <laughs> The completionism, uh, consumerism yeah. that we've adopted. <laughs> Someday she will. She just wants you to have more toys. That's nice. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, without further ado, then let's go ahead and jump into not book one, but book two spirits and not chapter 15, but episode 15, <laughs> Civil War part one from the legend of Korra. And so just to recap, last time, the very end of the episode, Korra and Unalak are kind of looking out over the horizon. And Korra is essentially seeing these uh, Unalak's forces kind of putting everything on lockdown out in the harbor and around the tribe. Uh, yes. So Korra's still kind of mad at her dad. Um, she's got to try to remember what happened. Is I watched. I just watched both episodes so they kind of they blend in a lot together. They do. Um, South preps for war. Oh, uh, yeah. So a lot of tension between the two tribes, and this tension has gone back for years and years, even before Korra was born. Um, yeah. So they're having a meeting with Varric <laughs> and Tanrock, which is Korra's dad, um, and, and her mom at their house. And Varys pretty much like, hey, we got to get to war. Which he says something funny here. Um, uh, like I really like the ship full of fish floating out in the <laughs> harbor or rotting in the yeah. harbor. <laughs> Tell me, who who wants fish? The thing is, before that, he asked some question. Um, <laughs> and Julie answers it. He's like, next thing you know, uh, Chief Unalak is going to be telling us what type of cookies can we eat? Who wants that? And then uh, Julie is like, no one, sir. Or, and then he, I mean, I messed that up. Anyway, he's like, it was a rhetorical question. And then he goes back to the fish thing. He's like, who wants to buy this fish? That's not a rhetorical question, really. Who wants to buy this fish? I just got just through. Like... Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, that was it. I just got through the episode in Community where it's the Who's the Boss episode. <laughs> the teacher's like, no, when I ask who's the boss, that's a rhetorical question. And then Abed teaches and then the Abed goes through and on the chalkboard and everything, and then the teacher ends up reading the whole thing. In the two meanings of such and such, and in the other such and such and such, and by all yeah. empirical meanings of the word boss, the answer is Angela. And Angela, circles Angela is the boss. Yeah. <laughs> It's, like, it's not a great. It's not a great episode. I don't really remember what the other like the storyline B of the episode is, but his storyline in that episode is is incredible. Yeah, uh, I've kind of been watching a little bit more community lately. Just in I, the, I love in the it. I, it's great background material. All right, no, that's great. Um, oh, why the the. Uh, 
Yeah, I realized I've been watching a bunch of random clips. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I should just watch an episode. I forgot what episode I just watched today. What was it? Whatever. I forgot. Anyway, back to Korra. Um, They're all good. Just very, don't watch them. Oh, there's a connection here, though. Um, the person who voices... Uh, voices... Why can't I, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on Varric. Voices Varric was in Community. He was like the teacher in the first couple episodes that like talked to Jeff, who was saying Carpe Diem. Yeah, with the nice hair, and he's in the debate episode. And yes, that's yes, him. In the debate. Yep. No way. He's in quite a few things. Like I'm, I'm not good at stuff off the top of my head, but I know he's familiar from other shows as well. That's oh yeah. Kind of a, yeah. Yeah. Seize the day. Yeah. Yeah, the end, yeah, that's like episode one um, uh, of Community. Three, I think. Three? I okay. think it's three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is uh, very... No, he he really enjoyed playing Varric. Like, he, he went to cons He's and stuff, Varric. Avatar yeah, panels. Nice. Uh, um, oh, he's really funny there. So then, yeah, they have that meeting about going to war. Korra uh, is kind of stuck in between the two of them. Um, and then... Uh, let's see here. Oh, I'll get to the section for a key part. Okay, so then the um, Corey feels very conflicted because she doesn't want to. She wants. She just wants peace. And the thing about Cora is that I think this is. I'm kind of done being annoyed with the Cora. Right, those first two episodes of Book Two that we just reviewed. I think that was probably the most I'll ever be annoyed with Cora. And I think after at this point going forward. I don't think she ever really ever annoys me again. Um, so that's pretty good, right? I mean, you know? I can't I can't speak to the whole thing, but you feel her like turning a page. Like in this episode, mm. you sort of see her turning a corner of doing what we would want. I don't know if want her to do, but kind of expect and understand how she's going about her business. Yeah. And she's fairly diplomatic in it. Um, you know, she's kind of she is in between both of them trying to kind of broker some type of peace between it's like them. We, we see the buttons that Unalak is pushing on her yeah. and she's kind of handling it in a respectable way, or we at least can be very empathetic to it. So I would agree at least yeah. in, in this season that this episode feels like a little bit of a corner turn. Yeah. And one thing, okay. So at one point Unalak is talking to Cora about like, well, the, you know, you know, you can try and broker peace, you know, talk to your father and everything, but as an avatar, you got to be a neutral party. And in my head, I'm like, uh, who says what? that? It's no, <laughs> no book on that's, that. Yeah, um, you do not have to be a neutral party. Like, imagine if Aang was like, hey, guys, guys, stop. If, if he was, like, around during the <laughs> the airbend, airbending um, genocide. Hey, guys, I, a neutral party here? What if How we just not? talk about it? Yeah, we'll just talk about it. Get out of the way, Avatar. Oh, okay, I'm the neutral party. I can't even interfere. No, Avatars can interfere. And to me, that was just him saying... He keeps on sounding good to Korra, saying things that are very reasonable. But to me, aren't... Especially that one part of being neutral. Like, no, you don't have to be neutral. I would say like, the Avatar is not a neutral party so much as its own party... Exactly, yeah. Um, which almost makes me... Something I hate that's, that happens 
a lot recently. I call it, I, call it, uh, I refer to it as the both sides syndrome, where people try to, if, if in order to, uh, people try to say, in order to be really objective, you got to look at things on, on both sides and consider both sides faults and, and stuff. And to me, like, yeah, you, you should see the faults or the, or the, or anything on both sides of, of whatever argument or whatever you're talking about. But the both, just saying, oh, well, both sides does this. I hate that so much because you could be like, hey, you know what? Hitler and Joe Jackson were both terrible people. End of discussion. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, there's some context you're missing there. <laughs> uh, you don't have to be, uh, you know, just saying both sides and, and any of that. You need to look deeper in that, like, just because both Water Tribe and Sutter Tribe are fighting with each other isn't both side thing. Like Unalak, you just invaded this place. Like you had no business in invading it. I would say the the purpose of, of objectivity in a sense is is kind of informative, uh, information gathering. You know, we as humans I mean, that's not the end game, I guess, right? Uh, ob objective information gathering and understanding. Uh, but then, that I don't know, that's not the end-all, be-all. That's not the action item at the end, I guess. Like, you still got to decide for for yourself. I don't know. I don't want to say you have to pick a side, but just just being objective and gathering information isn't the end of it. Well, I, just, I just think you just got to look at it, put everything in context. Um and in the, in the, I feel like I'm just ranting here. And the saying the both sides thing, maybe I don't like it because it, it has this air of objectivity to it. And to me, it's not really being that objective <laughs> in, in, in that sense because it, it doesn't look deeper than in surface level. Um, yeah, and I, and I have a weird thing about being objective about things, which you know is why my YouTube channel is called The Objective Key. You know it's funny, and uh, I would never want to have the talk on the on the podcast because it'd probably just delve into uh, into just nonsense and rhetoric that even I don't understand. But fun fact about Sean, I don't actually believe in pure objectivity, not at all whatsoever. But uh, oh no, and and, and <laughs> which is I get kind of a little bit of arguments with people sometimes when I like share my video like objective review of so and so, and then they'll I'll always get a, sometimes get a comment being like. There's no such thing as an objective review. And I'm like, I know that. But if you watch my video, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm just saying I'm just trying to be as objective as possible. There, You can't be 100% objective with really anything. I would, like you yeah, are, we we you talked are about compartmentalizing <laughs> earlier. Like I can, I can compartmentalize when saying that we're, we're trying to be objective, talking about a video versus somebody trying to use some crap argument and slap objectivity on it as a label. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. In my mind, everything, everything is either a fact because it can, in some way, be quantified, and it comes down to being a quantifiable fact of one thing being greater, less than, or equal to another thing, or it's an opinion uh, and an objectivity. But uh, you know, different conversation for a different day. <laughs> Mostly, it's something that I developed this belief that I developed to to get under the skin of some other guy that I used to work with, Neil. Do you remember Neil? Uh, I don't think he's talked to us no. too. Maybe on Pokemonarchy or something, but. Uh, just to get under your skin. But long story short, like I said, I, I believe that when you're in that information gathering stage, yeah, you need to be open-minded and understanding. And uh, I think you use the word context, uh, understanding to the entire context, seeing a big picture. 
but uh, but but just just knowing all that and seeing both sides isn't in itself the right thing to do. Yeah. Long story short, Cora, go wreck the Northern Wire Tribe. Don't don't feel like <laughs> you have to be. She doesn't uh, have much maybe. reason to at this point. Like that's what we're saying though. When we say she's turning a corner, like we still get why she's not sort of a hundred percent there yet right like we see that the button's being pushed and nothing has jumped out right away as, as sort of blatant uh i don't know what the word is blatantly uh objectionable yeah and so i can understand why she's still hesitant while she's still trying to be sort of a mediator in there i, yeah. I can be empathetic to that uh okay so they there's some people dress up to go kidnap uh, Unalak, and uh, they're all wearing a mask. Korra is chasing after them, which, okay, I, this is one of those things I hate when people take about Korra, that she's, like, headstrong, doesn't think. Korra, in this fight, she takes out all these people, probably, like, six of them, without bending at them. She just, like, wraps them up and everything, because these are her people, she doesn't want to hurt them, and she she does it flawlessly with no. Uh, she does it great, which many people are, I feel like have this misconception that Cora is just like pound pound bang bang bang, but no, she's she's very thoughtful in her attacks and and everything that she can wrap people up and and apprehend them without hurting them, uh, which one of the things I. I kind of compare it to like Batman in the Dark Knight when he has to take out those cops at the end there. Like he doesn't want to hurt them. These are good cops, but he still has to take them all out. Which like is like incapacitate a... safely, which is yeah, which takes way more skill done. to do than just kill or hurt or you know maim people. There's right, which one. There's one thing that when in wanted dead or alive situations that the the alive gets you more money. Because it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, which is one of the which is one of the reasons why I hate when certain directors or writers write Batman being more like killy killy, like Ben Affleck's Batman and Batman v Superman. Like he doesn't give a crap. He 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 was just killing, mowing down these people. Like it takes way more skill and it's way more impressive to take out people without really killing them. I don't care if Batman hurts people. That's fine. Um, but it's part of the gig. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. And I, you know, I'm typically an Aang defender uh, in certain situations when we talk about the Aang versus Korra, provided it's not in a small arena where Aang can't escape. Uh, but incapacitating something, people, is definitely something that Korra has demonstrated more of earlier on, at least, uh, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So she, she then finds out that it's not. Uh, her dad, but she she I do like this family confliction stuff that that she's struggling with. She finds out it's not her dad, and then she goes back home, and, and she sees her parents, and she she cries. Which I love this moment that she has with her dad. Right? She's like, "Dad, I thought you did this and this." She cries in front of him. Um, really great family family stuff, I think. And he's like, "I could never, you know, do that." And and then they just have a really nice moment together. Um, so it's ruined. <laughs> but it, well, I think what makes it special is it doesn't last very long, right? Like you're just kind of getting into it, and yeah. then 
Uh, and then uh, Unalak himself busts in, right? Like, it's not like it's yeah. just oh. some some cro- police cronies. Like, can you imagine busting a door and arresting your brother and his wife? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be a, be a messed up situation. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoy that. Um, then on the B plot, uh, they're at the Southern Air Temple. And I and Tenzin, and this, this story here is about Tenzin, Bumi, and Kai. Really, both of these uh, episodes about them, too, when it comes to the B plot. Um, you come to find out <laughs> that. The Aang wasn't like the greatest father to Kaya and Bumi. Like Tenzin would be like, "Oh yeah, this would be just like when Dad took us on all those vacations." And they're like, "No, he took you on all those vacations. We did not get to go on those vacations." He's like, "What do you mean? Like, you were there. We went to Ember Island. We went to Kishore. Yeah." He's like, "No, that was just you and Dad." (laughs) He's like, "Huh." And he kind of blows it off at first. But then this story continues to go. And so they're off looking for Icky because she got in a fight with her brother and sister. And, um, and I don't they, remember they, specifically where it cuts off in this episode. Yeah, I know. It's kind of hard to remember. I'm going to say that pretty close to where you're at now in terms of like they've gone their separate ways to start looking. And maybe there's a scene where Booby like does a terrible icky voice and it's like, I'm over here, dad. And I think that's, yeah, that's still a, that's, in this episode and that little fight. And then Tenzin it, says, and... go back to go back to yeah. home base, but they don't, they yeah. don't quite get to the full conversation of, um, of like Tenzin, you're exactly liking that's, uh, that's next episode. That kind of, that part of the argument. Is it? Okay. I think so. Isn't it? Gosh, uh, it up. Yeah, it's really hard. Well, anyway, well, we'll get to it. Eventually. Yeah, we'll let's cut um, it there, and then we'll we'll cover the rest at that at that time. So, but I will say this: I do really enjoy this family dynamic because it's real. Because it's not sunshine and rainbows after after uh, you know the series ends. Like these people are are human, even though they're cartoons. Like this, these family relationships happen in real life, where one sibling may seem more favored seem appear more favored to the other siblings and how they think it's not fair and how trying to have that warped it was me <laughs> i might have my sister's claim i was spoiled by my mom i love the youngest I, right yeah i was the youngest only boy yeah. maybe that's so, true to the uh, you just got brand I mean, new I don't, stuff I don't and how, you were at the lax parent stage yeah, and... I don't, the thing is i don't i don't know how i would be Spoil! I got in trouble. I got the most in trouble. But I'm I got the worst. They probably all had to like sure. share clothes and share rooms and things like that, just to a greater extent than uh, you would have had. To. No, I, I had to share a room with my sister until I was like fourteen. <laughs> um, my sister is the only daughter, and I had to share a room with her for a while. But no, I just I, I it's the youngest thing. I'm second youngest, and I'd still say I was the favorite, even if Jordan, the youngest, got more like got more lax and lax privileges i still think i was a favorite so i get it um team tenzin right here what again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i think parenting is not easy um especially 
as a parent, you sort of have to identify um, what different, how to treat your kids differently, sort of, because different kids need different things. Um, which, or like right now, my daughter is very, can be very independent, but my son isn't, uh, my, my oldest son. And so you may just naturally give him more attention because he needs it. Um, or maybe I give my daughter att- more attention because she's goes to sleep later. And so we have a little bit more time. Um, oftentimes these things aren't, aren't purposely done. It just happens that way. Like with Aang. Um, so yeah. Um, but one thing before we get into this uh, other debate or conversation depends on, I guess where you fall is again, I just really love this dynamic between them because it really informs the characters. Um, just so well that you you start to gauge exactly why they are who they and, and who they are. Why Tenzin is so uptight? Why uh, Boomy is so loud and out there and, and obnoxious and having all these war stories and stuff that just seems ludicrous because he's trying to overcompensate for a not having bending and and B, possibly not feeling like he carries on any legacy because Kaya carries on the legacy of Katara. Tenzin carries on the legacy of of Aang and Bumi. So he has to overcompensate for that. So he comes up with these crazy, which some of them are probably true stories. Um, Seeds of truth in there. Seeds of yeah, exactly, truth. yeah. I, will, and, I, I think that they do a great job of presenting a real, uh, a real family dynamic and a real family scenario I'm going to nitpick and say the dialogue itself is a little too heavy-handed. Like, people their age don't... Siblings their age don't talk and, and interact that way, I don't think. Um, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I don't know, Sean. I think sometimes these... Uh, I think things like this carry can carry on for a while, especially if you haven't handled it and, and sat down. If you luckily, I don't think If you haven't brought it really... to light... But the way it was handled, they like it was too childish in the actual dialogue for me. But I say, when I say nitpicking, I mean it was minor detail and it does a really nice job of translating a very real feeling family dynamic and giving Aang some depth and the family some depth. There's just a lot of the dialogues, like they sound like, like 12 year olds arguing about it. Like it's like they've reverted back to their, their, this childish state that they were in when it was happening, which maybe that's yeah. the intention. I, that could be. Yeah. Some that might also happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe that could be. You just kind of you step back into that role when you're defending when you're defending your position there. Could be. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, All right. So. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I don't I don't really have those kinds of conversations with my siblings like we don't have that uh, that type of laundry I suppose right we got dirty laundry like any siblings yeah. but it's uh, I don't really either all 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 me and my siblings get along um, there might be I have a half sister that I didn't really grow up with that uh, my sister you know my sister but I always think about kind of that relationship and and I think about like how she wasn't around to fully get like my father's attention and stuff like that. But I don't think she holds any anything about it. Like it, it was just that type of situation that it was 
I mean, yeah, I mean, my my dad, this, and he had a child before, um, before he was married to my mom. It just is what it is. Like he couldn't be there because he didn't live there. I mean, he would go over there. You know, she would kind of come visit. And also, maybe she doesn't get mad about that because at one point in time, she could have like stayed with us, and then yeah. she decided not to because. From from what I've heard, she decided not to because my daddy was too strict. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's reasonable. <laughs> which my daddy is fairly strict. Although if you look, not to get on her or anything, just we, the four of us who grew up in you know in the house with our both our parents, I'm, I don't like to say that we've done better than her, but we've we we all have college degrees, and I don't I think she just got her GED. Um, but anyway, that's well, just having the support. Going. Well, just having the support of both parents in the same house too. That certainly, you know, yeah. Um, that me and my siblings, we we get along normally, and so it's like we do have dirty laundry to air, but it never it never escalates to like the the drama sense that they had in there. But also, there's probably a little more like like worldly pressure, I guess. In, in their case, yeah. right? They're not they're yeah, not are. a normal family in any regard. So, you know, comes out bigger. That's fine. But do you want to... I don't know if you want to use that as a segue. Uh, yeah, so, discussion topic slash debate. If so, question is, was Aang a good father? I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, well, I tend to be... Uh, I tend to be very critical of Aang as a father, but in the same way that I think he didn't do a good job of separating his self as an airbender from his job as an avatar. And then clearly that carried over into his job as a father. Um, and, you know, some of his decisions as the avatar frustrated me because of the way he's like thinking about them as an airbender first. And that's just the the choice he made. And I, you know, while I understand his rationale, I found it, found it, frustrating because there was no guarantee that any of those choices were going to preserve the lineage of the airbenders at that time, at least, um, at least with Tenzin, there's some more validity to it. And, and that is always, quite frankly, it's always pissed me off. Um, but like, I, I absolutely would have killed those. I, maybe that's why I don't get to be the avatar, but other <laughs> avatars would have my back and that's all there is to it. Uh, so I'm going to say I'm heavily critical of Aang as, as a father for being that way and yet trying to see the big picture. And, you know, we've kind of talked about here is, is I'm willing to bet that he was still a loving father and all fathers still make mistakes. Uh, his father's go under a microscope because he's the avatar and one of our favorite fictional characters. It's easy to come down pretty hard on him. So I'm going to say in general, you know what? Yeah, he's still a relatively good Father, I mean, you set yourself. Parenting is hard, and they all got their crosses bare. But I'm still very upset and pissed. At, like it seems so obvious to us. Yeah, but yeah, he's um, a good dad. I think. I think he's. I think he's a good father. Uh, first of all, let me let me say that this isn't bad writing. Like as much as people like to be like, oh, this is bad no, this writing. Is like great Aang. writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is such like, incredible depth. This is it's so it's so uh you know, I hate it, but it's 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 drawn me in, it's made me care about it. Yeah, yeah. Um Aang first of all, Aang was not raised in a traditional manner. 
And yet he now has a traditional relationship with, with one wife, with kids, he has a family. If he was a real air nomad, he would be out there, you know, all four nations <laughs> just uh, having children and increasing the airbender count um, <laughs> and, and not fathering any of them, <laughs> really. But he's a much better father than, <laughs> than, just be a than, air, air than the average factory. air nomad. Uh, um, I didn't of, even think about that. That's incredible. <laughs> um, but I think it is still messed up. He didn't take Kenzan, Ten, uh, Kaya, and Bumi with him, with them on on those trips because it's not that hard. Like just let him hang out at the hotel or something. Like what is? It's, it's, it's not like Tenzin is describing like, oh, we did some intense training and, and stuff like that. Which is like, no, they just. You know, went to these different places and stuff. I know that um, traveling light is faster, but it's not like Aang himself was flying them, right? They were on a bison, or <laughs> you can pack yeah. a few more people on there. Yeah, killing me. Uh, which that's to me. I, I don't know if I, if I put myself in Kaya and Bumi's situation, where my father was like, went on vacation, went to Disneyland with one sister once a year growing up i would be like hey why didn't i get to go to disneyland at once that um which i'm not putting in that perspective i was about to be on the other side of this argument this argument that thing was a good father but yeah just imagine if your parents took one of your siblings to disneyland once a year and only them like how would that Effect <laughs> if you if you paint it in more of an edutainment light, like Tenzin only said the good things. Like we got to imagine there was some other like really boring crap in there as well. So I wasn't gonna go Disneyland. I was thinking about like like what if my dad's like we're gonna go to to Germany and see where where my dad mm-hmm. where his family came from. I'd be like that sounds awful, but also I like beer and I hear they drink that over there. And my other siblings would be like. We also like beer, and we're very upset about this. Um, I that imagine there true. had to be some bad stuff in there, but doesn't it doesn't deflate your point at all? It's like, how can you not take these other kids with you in some capacity? Yeah, at least once. <laughs> but they never went on any. Um, but I, I still, I still think Ang, Ang was a good dad. Um, he could have been a lot better. He, I think he was a kind of an average. He was, uh, I forgot where we ranked him in our list of dads, but he could like definitely fourth better. Fourth or fifth? Oh, I'm pretty sure I didn't rank him that high. I think I we're, did. We're so talking maybe I'm about, like, about personal rankings. Oh, okay. Because uh-huh. we were like 15 dads we went over, I think. Maybe more than that. I thought he was in top 10 for sure, but I don't know. I have to look back into that. Oh. Um, we didn't take it easy on him, that's for sure. No. Um, another thing we, uh, I brought up in that discussion was that Aang was very open to Kaya coming out um, as as a lesbian. He was very um, probably better than Katara in handling it, I would guess, because Katara, because Kaya mentioned that um, water been water water tribe kind of like to just don't ask, don't tell kind of motto, <laughs> and. And they're like, yeah, sure, you can do it, but you know, we like to stick to our traditions and everything. And Kotara being like probably more into her traditions, I'm sure she was supportive of, of Kaya, but I'm guessing the angle was like, what, are, what? What's the 
what's what's any issue <laughs> like i came from the air nomads where it was just free love everything like uh the thing that stands out to just me just no marriage is that... The thing that stands out to me that make that kind of turns the corner or pushes me over the edge of saying that I still think Aang is relatively a quote unquote good dad is that like his kids, like his kids obviously still love him and they're obviously still around. They yeah. want to, uh, Boomy clearly wants to make him proud. And then Kaya being aware of that and jumps in is of course, like they still had a, a, a loving relationship. And I think yeah. that was kind of my bottom line for. True. True. Yeah, still, still love relationship. Yeah, and, yeah, and like you said, Tenzin. I'm sure it wasn't all play, <laughs> even though Tenzin, Tenzin probably just remembers those good times. Which, like he says, he likes to see his father just really just the good things with him. I'm sure there are times where Tenzin had to spend training, <laughs> and and Aang probably wasn't the easy on him because this is this is Aang's one chance to. To keep his culture alive. I mean, I try to, especially if it's like uh, thinking about vacations, right? You go on a vacation with family. Somewhere along the line, the fight breaks out because not everybody wants to eat at Denny's or some shit like that. It's like, yeah, I block all that stuff out. And I remember Denny's. the good. I mean, I go, to, go, to, go to IHOP over Denny's. <laughs> I, uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't go on a lot of vacations if you can't tell. Uh, but you like you block out all that stuff. You think all the good stuff. But yeah, there's still like the travel itself was dumb, and there's always arguments on the way. But easy to see why Tenzin would would bring it up that way too. But there had to have been some some studying even along the way there. Like that was the whole goal in the first place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, which maybe he thought that Ten- that Kaya and Boomy would get in the way of that. So I understand. I mean, just once, and come on, just once, take just, your kids. Just but take, again, it's, they can it's, go with Katara and do whatever. Like it's fine. You don't yeah. have to be burdened by them. <sighs> whatever. But still, I think I think it's still good writing. It still adds a lot of depth to the character of Aang. I, I much rather have these characters be more humanized in Legend Korra than Aang, Aang was a little bit. Uh, too um, romanticized, I think, in in his series, <laughs> he almost could do uh, no wrong often, or people just kind of, or they just, or his. I, I I might just be talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I crap on Aang en- enough. Once I, I crap on him, I just say like, "Hey, Aang, you should have, you know, killed Ozai or romanticized or you. is a good <laughs> is a good word. Well, it's because the reason it sticks out to me is like, yeah, I tend to like. I have a very shallow uh, taste in entertainment. I'm not afraid to admit it. Um, and that's probably why on some levels, that, yeah, Aang appeals to me more in core in that sense because I don't have to peel back or think about those extra layers. Um, but the the sort of reality here, the the tangible reality that they've painted into this family in The Legend of Korra is extremely impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, my final verdict on that is that Aang is an okay dad. I, I'll second that. And you know what? I think Aang is the type of guy that if he uh, like looked down on this in hindsight, maybe he would attempt to correct some. Probably not all of it. I think his end goal would still be the same, but I think he would learn. Yeah. So, Although how disappointed would it, well, not disappointed, but how mad at himself would he be? He would be like, dang it, Boomy became an airbender after all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could have been 
you've ruined everything. Actually, I gotta yeah. be honest, Chris. I forgot about that until you said that just now. So. Oh yeah. That oh baby. man, I should have. Yeah. Is that uh, is that late season three or mid season three when that starts happening? Uh, beginning season three. Early season three when they start popping up yeah. at random episode kind of... episode one. I always remember the kid that won't is, move out of his parents' one house. Starts off with Boomy. I like always Aaron. remember the kid who won't move out, but I kind of forgot about Boomy, honestly. But yeah, now talk about wasted potential. Like, can you imagine never playing basketball with your kid and then you die and then later he's got a good jump shot? Mm. Yeah. That's like when I figured out that, uh, so I, I, you know, I moved, right? I moved to the other side of town. My, my favorite ice cream place, the best ice cream I've ever had, I, I used to live like three minutes from. And so if I ever needed ice cream, not need it. If I ever just like thought about ice cream, I would go there and get ice cream. So it was, they sell concretes. I would get a peanut butter cup, cheesecake, concrete. Amazing. Um, and then like the last day that I was at my old house, I thought, oh, I'll, okay, I'll go get some ice cream. But I'm actually really hungry for actual food. I'm going to see what they have. And they had these chicken strips. I thought, you know, I'll try the chicken strips. And these chicken strips were amazing. <laughs> like... <laughs> and I've lived in this house <laughs> for eight years, not knowing that they had. Because this is an ice cream place, Sean. They they're not known like they just have hot dogs and stuff. I didn't know that chicken strips going to be that good. But I was like, this is like they some would have quality no reason to be. It's impressive. No, really. I, I was just thinking like you know like uh, carnival or they just oh frozen chicken strips where you just put in there and then you just put them in the fryer and they cook for five minutes, whatever. But no, they were breaded very nicely. Like there was, it was really good chicken strips, um, and I'm just, I'm just like, it's been, I've I lived there for eight years and and didn't ever get anything besides ice cream. I got one hot dog one time, it was on a wheat bun. I was like, Psh, this is crap. And then, what's a wheat <laughs> bun? Like, that sounds terrible. Wheat, yeah, yeah, that sounds awful. Oh, okay, why? Oh, stop. No, no, no. Ew. Um, I had a reverse uh, experience here, which is that I really like home cooked, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Like the home cooked comfort foods. I love fried chicken, mashed potatoes, but my wife and I, A, don't know how to make them and B, try not to make a lot of stuff because we're already kind of chunky. And, but there's a place like it's half a mile away, like it's walking distance and they got a little walk up window. It's very cute here in Olathe. I was like pretty early when we moved in, I was like, Heather, we got to try that place. Like. It looks like it's going to have me kind of food. It's right here. It's great. And the first time we tried it, and it was just absolutely terrible. <laughs> so disappointed. Uh, but maybe it's a good thing. Uh, I'll I'll try it again. So it could have just been my, – my belief is you got to try stuff twice because it could have just been one bad day. True. Joker reference. Um, hey, no <laughs> ratings for this uh, for this episode. So I think uh, if you have any final thoughts, otherwise we'll just wrap it up and come back next week for the ratings. Any final thoughts you want to add? Uh, no. Thank you for watching. Absolutely. Tell us what you th- tell us what you think. Ang is he a crappy dad? Good dad? Did you ever get ditched on any vacations? That's the stories I want to hear. When did your siblings? I'm luckily enough go? that my family never went on vacation, so I didn't have that problem. We went to uh, Wichita was an hour away, and we used to think it was the greatest vacation in the world to go to just this random hotel that had like a smallest, teeniest little putt putt golf and uh, and ping pong mm. tables and pool tables, and that was our vacation, and we loved it. We ate our it. Our vacation was once a year. So I'm from Tulsa. Once a year, 
over the summer, go to Oklahoma City, go to the mall, and go to the zoo. And then Oklahoma come back. City Zoo is a great zoo. The thing is, the Tulsa Zoo is also great. Like the Oh, Oklahoma is it? City Zoo isn't like that much better. The Tulsa Zoo apparently is like one of probably a top ten zoo, I think, in the Oh, nation. no kidding. You know, it's, I've, I've I been think to Oklahoma so. City, I've been to Norman, I've been to Stillwater. I don't think I've ever stopped in Tulsa at all. Yeah, they have a pretty good zoo. Oh, who knew? If, hey, got, if got you're a, out got there... Got a nice polar bear exhibit. If you have ever been ditched for a vacation where one sibling got to go and you didn't, where it was blatantly obvious that you feel like you should have been, we'd love to hear that story because that's going to make <laughs> yeah. me laugh. The only type of those stories I have is like my dad one time took me and my sister. So I have four older sisters, three of them I grew up with. Took me and my youngest sister to go see Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> um and that's like the first movie memory I have. Awesome. And uh, he didn't take the other two sisters for some reason. I think because my mom had to take them to like to the dentist or something. And, and we always had that memory. <laughs> over well, that there. seems like a load of crap. Like, yeah, you remember when you guys got to the dentist and we watched Ace Ventura? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Because uh, I think we're, and everything evens out over time, I guess. Because one time they should have they definitely got a whooping. They were like wrestling in the hallway and then they end up bumping the wall, put a hole in the wall the size of like an, I described it as if a Ninja Turtle shell had hit the back of the wall <laughs> in the hallway and they did not get in trouble. And me and my sister was like, what the heck? If that was us, our butts would have been whooped bad and they did not get in trouble so at all. Still, we still bring it up every now and then. That's your that's <laughs> like, your dirty laundry that you bring up in very dramatic, yeah. uh, boomy and Kaya fashion. I that that seems pretty ridiculous, but uh, we always had wood paneling walls, and you know, those just don't break very easy. So we were good. <laughs> um, it, tell us your tell us your stories. Tell us what you think, Ang, and otherwise, come back to uh, come back next week for the ratings of Civil War Parts 1 and 2. Thanks for watching Avatar The Last Podcasters. I'm Sean, that's Chris. You can get us on uh, social media. is all in the description of the video. Check us out. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week.